like it's in the phone. That's what he's saying. Pick up the phone, Biden. I know you're home, Biden. How many times I gotta tell you where you at? That ski week. That's what, what she at. That's what y'all y'all got ski weed out. Ski we are out of the closet. Where she at? episode of Chilendrinas Masquinas. Um, it is Nicole Gopatrice. Thank y'all for bearing with me through the whatever it is. It's just like in a whirlwind of inconsistencies because I am in school. I am trying to keep this content going and I'm also just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. Like I'm very much feeling in the matrix, you know? Um, so anyway, here we are uh, trying to keep our feet on the ground. Um, so I, um, got some feedback that people wanted more of the migrant videos. So here we are doing another migrant video. It's a hot topic for sure. Um, and even some people that I highly respect, you know, as far as their intellect in their areas of expertise, um, who aren't experts necessarily in immigration. I am not claiming to be one myself, um, but certain people who are, you know, considered to be experts in their area of expertise um, seem to recently step out of the um, their areas of comfort to speak on the whole migration situation, which is fine, you know, because like we're all entitled to our opinions. But I just feel like People need to be a little bit more careful about what they're saying. We are not, I'm not perfect. We are not, you know, no one's expecting anyone to be perfect. But there is a level of responsibility, especially in this day and age, when you amplify your voice, that you are doing it with regard to the people who would be affected most by the words you speak, right? So, you know, I said it. On the other video, um, I got a comment that kind of seemingly took it, you know, to uh, be an, an accusation to everyone that, you know, there's some xenophobia uh, in some of the language that is being used and tossed about in regards to this subject. But um, I understand very well that there are concerns that should be voiced about how things will be funded and how things will operate and who is receiving what services and if they are, you know, to a standard of humanity. I, I totally agree with all of that. Um, but it's just the manner in which we do it. And especially knowing that children are always watching us. Um, you know, so you may know that you are not meaning to incite, you know, hatred or violence towards a group. But if you don't articulate your concerns uh, responsibly and the tone carries more weight than your words to a child who might overhear them, 
okay? Or even more so just your actions, you know, the energy that you carry is very much picked up by younger children in a, a more um, expeditious fashion than would be in another adult or an older child. So the younger the children are, the more they pick up on your energy. So you just want to check the energy is all I'm saying. Make sure that you are not, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Conflating, you know, some of your grievances with xenophobic rhetoric. Um, so, you know, it's one thing to say, you know, um, our neighborhoods are underfunded historically and having migrants join uh, in the pool of resources is not going to uh, give a good outcome that I can, you know, say we can sustain, right? Or that I can say will be uh, in the best interest of those in my community or, who, you know, my family. That's one thing. But some people take it too far in saying things like, you know, they're all criminals where they came from and they came over here to do crime too, or, you know, <laughs> they're stealing from us. Uh, <laughs> you know, like even just saying something as simple as they're stealing our resources is enough in some circumstances to invoke a tone of, genocide. Okay. Like I'm serious. Like I'm not trying to be dramatic here. Right. Like that was what, you know, a lot of movements were based on was just the whole idea. Well, not necessarily movements. I don't want to use that word. I want to say a lot of mob hysteria, fear mongering is centered around xenophobia, uh, xenophobic rhetoric and the very slight and sometimes undetectable yet unrelenting um, picking away at the humanity of a certain group for what another group rationalizes are justifiable reasons. So that's all. That's all I'm going to say about that. If you don't get that, I don't know what to tell you. Um, you know, God help you. Okay. Um, God help us all. So there were um, some developments. I'm a little behind just because I've, you know, had midterms and things, but we're going to try to get into it. So here we go. Um, there are a few developments. Um, one that came up was some migrants were locked out of a police station. So let me see if I can pull that up. Um one second because i think it's a youtube and i'm not gonna play it if it's a news clip yeah i think it's up yeah so this was on fox 32 um so you guys can pull that up yourselves um but it says that this was on published on fox 32 on october 4 2023 says uh wednesday afternoon shows video uh, shot by the Chicago, Fox Chicago crew, shows migrants locked out of the first district Chicago police station. Um, so if you wanna find out more about that, you can, but essentially what the video was saying was that migrants were told that they had to like clean or something inside the station. 
And then once they got out, you know, they were not allowed back in. Like, it was locked. Um, so hang on. Let me just double check which one it is. And here's the latest data from city officials that shows Chicago's shelters housing more than 9,800 migrants, while more than 3,000 still await placement. More than 17,000 migrants have come to... So yeah, in that video, they disclosed that there were 9,800 uh, placed in shelters, 3,000 awaiting placement. These are new arrivals or migrants, I'm sorry, into Chicago. And uh, the new arrivals total year-to-date, 17,000 plus. Um, but they were stating, I believe it was a police station. Yeah, so this was, I think, District 1, is it? Hold on, let me just go back. is mounting among Chicago residents. And just about an hour of protest is set to kick off outside of South Shore High School. And earlier this afternoon, hundreds of migrants reportedly arrived at O'Hare Airport as we take a live look at the... Here's the latest still away place in Chicago since... ...cleared this... Casey. Hey, Anthony and Natalie. ...O'Hare. On her way to check out the situation at O'Hare... Casey. Hey, Anthony. Buildings where dozens of migrants had been living were cleared this afternoon. Dozens of migrants. It's downtown. The buildings where dozens of migrants had been living were cleared this afternoon with the doors locked. Casey Cronus was there. She joins us on her way to check out the situation at O'Hare. Casey. Hey. So yeah, they they basically they threw a bunch of the migrants out into the street. Um, and lock the doors, I guess, at the police station that they were staying at. I can't tell you for sure which station it was, but you can find that video and look it up. I don't I don't want to get flagged for somebody's content. I don't got time to play with these news stations. Um, and so, yeah, and so then, like, Pritzker um, has finally, you know, stated he wrote a letter to Biden um, asking for, you know, a plan, a better plan, and some other points. I did not pull that up, so uh, I do apologize. So I will be um, looking into that. Let me hold on one second. Do, do, do. So, yeah, so Prisker says, you know, he's been collaborating and trying to talk to the White House for many months, but I mean, it just don't feel like it. JB, what's going on, bruh? So, yeah, he's just basically trying to, you know, light the fire, let them know that they're getting more buses, let them know that they need things right now that they haven't delivered on. They need, like, concrete details, and it just seems as though they're not getting them. But I will advise you guys to take the time to pull up his the details of his letter to Biden, um, which I did not pull up. So let me see if I can actually pull that up right now.
And so Pritzker was saying he was told to prepare for up to 25 full buses of migrants each day as Chicago struggles to shelter and keep up with the influx of migrants sent from Texas. Um, so yeah, he does call out, you know, the governor of Texas and tries to make it very plain that this is a Republican versus whatever issue. Um, yeah. All right. And so let's see what we've got for the, hold on. I saw just something else popped up. I wanted to see. All right, so, um, yeah, there's that. Let's, yeah, that was 10 days ago. It says he was criticizing Biden. This was nine days ago, so whatever. All right, so, I mean, you know, it, everybody taking their own, has their own take on it, um, but it does seem as though, you know, Biden is a little behind. Pritzker's a little behind. Everybody's a little behind. Like, are y'all okay? I don't know. Uh, so let's just try to pull that up. Pritzker letter to Joe Biden. Migrants. Oh, God. I couldn't spell it right. All right. So October 3rd, it says, Pritzker on Monday fired off a letter to President Joe Biden about an untenable migrant crisis in the state, calling for an overhaul to the system. Oh, y'all can't see what I'm doing. There we go. Pritzker, excuse me, on Monday fired off a letter to President Joe Biden about an untenable migrant crisis in the state calling for an overhaul to the system and blasting the White House for a lack of intervention and coordination at the border. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like I said, like, bro, you need to let him know you can't handle this no more. It is a little, a little much. Okay. A little bit much. I'm trying to, oh, here we go. New York Times, Pritzker's letter. Let's see if I'm, I can see this. Oh, damn it. Damn you, New York Times. All right, so I would hope. Let's see. Five days ago says, okay, so let's, let's pull this up. Politico gives us an update here. All right, so Illinois, let's see if I can just zoom in a little bit. Uh-oh, uh-oh, no me gusta. Okay, está bien? Can we see it? All right, okay. So uh, Illinois governor says White House has heard him on migrants. Governor J.B. Prisker is pushing for a centralized authority. So this is what I said. Like, we need something very centralized in each to to kind of collect the data from each state on what's going on to make sure everyone is handling this to federal standards. I mean, like, because if y'all are not watching the asylum process, then none of this will ever end. <laughs> like, it will never end. It will just keep going. It'll be a mess. It'll be a self-perpetuating nightmare. Um. So anyway, I'll read the article. Kelly Garrity on October 10th. I'm sorry, October 8th, 2023. Illinois Governor J.B. Prisker said Sunday the White House has heard his calls. To, I don't know why heard is in, is in quotes. That is not a good sign already. 
<laughs> has heard his calls to put together a singular office to manage asylum seekers. They heard me, you know, there are so many departments that are responsible for helping to care for these asylum seekers as well as managing them as they cross the border. I hope that they will put one office together, Pritzker said during an interview on CBS Face the Nation. He had sent a letter to President Joe Biden with that request while also pleading for more federal funding to help the thousands of asylum seekers who have arrived in Chicago. Chicago is one of a handful of Democratic strongholds. Now, when, like I told y'all, that thousands is like literally 17,000 plus in county. Um, and if you're shipping 25 buses a day, buses have a, what, 56 person capacity. Okay. So let's do that math real quick. Right. I don't got my calculator up. Hold on one second. Mm -mm -mm -mm. So 56 person capacity on a bus usually, right? 25. So you're talking about 1400 people a day. Okay. So times 365, let's just say that really happened. Like, come on. We not getting a half a million people, bro. Like, are we really? Like, come on, stop playing with me. Y'all better figure this out. <laughs> Don't play with me. Don't play with me. Okay. Governors and mayors from border states have shipped people to our state like cargo in a dehumanizing attempt to score political points. The people of Illinois are kind and generous. We believe in the fundamental right of every human, especially those facing persecution, to find refuge and live with dignity in this great country of ours, Pritzker wrote in the letter addressed to Biden on October 2nd. But as the numbers being transported to Chicago are accelerating, the humanitarian crisis is overwhelming our ability to provide aid to the refugee population. In New York City, Eric Adams has publicly feuded with Biden over the micro crisis in his city, and leaders in Massachusetts have recently become more forceful in demanding action from the White House. On Sunday, Prisker re-upped his request for additional support. We are a welcoming state and we understand the humanitarian crisis that we're addressing, but we can't address this all by ourselves and we need help from the White House, he said. It's just really seemed like they just really keep trying to push an old drunk man. You know what I mean? Like, get your ass up and get the work, honey. Ugh. Child. Ugh. The incompetence. All right. Chicago is set to host the 2024 DNC. Lord, we remember what happened. Uh, when was the last time we did that? Let me go check that out. Hold on. Because, uh, yeah. Uh, Chicago is set to host the 2024 National Democratic, the Democratic National, excuse me, Convention. And while Pritzker said he is confident the city will have a better handle on his migrant situation, it will require help from the federal government, he said. That's going to look a hot mess. Y'all holding the DNC in a, in a city with tents piled on top of each other. Just pout on top. It's just crazy. Okay. All right, y'all. I want to see this letter. Let's see if I can pull it up. All right. So calls on President Biden to increase federal support for overwhelming migrant crisis. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on. He didn't get no answer here. This That was it. That was it. This What was the point of this? It says the White House has heard him. He, they have heard you. Let's, let me get the details, honey. Okay. Let me get the details, honey. So yeah, all right. So this letter, this here letter. All right. So governor, governor, excuse me, JB Prisk is calling for Joe Biden to provide more federal funding to help with the thousands of asylum seekers. Okay, seventeen thousand asylum seekers have arrived since August in Chicago, mainly from Texas, where Governor Greg Abbott continues to protest the Biden administration's administration's immigration policy by sending migrants to self-proclaimed sanctuary cities. 
The rate of arrivals has significantly ramped up since May. Total 328 buses carrying migrants have since uh, arrived since August 31st, 2022, with 220 arriving since May, including more than 40 in the past week alone. Prisker said the federal government's lack of aid or coordination has created an untenable situation for Illinois. Illinois, excuse me. Uh, he said the Biden administration needs to place one person in charge of working with state and local governments to help manage the influx of migrants into the U.S., period. I thought that was Kamala Harris, but okay. Um, <laughs> Kamala, where are you? <laughs> like, where has she been? I ain't seen a tweet or, or, or nothing. She ain't cackled across my timeline. <laughs> All right. Um, in the 13 months since the bus first bus of asylum seekers arrived in Illinois from the border, our state has undertaken an unprecedented human, humanitarian response to the arrival. I hope y'all can see. Let me see. Can I full screen the letter? Full screen the letter. This is the letter from your governor to your president, Mr. Biden. Are you awake now? Did you take your medication? Okay, let me stop. Mr. Biden is old as fuck, y'all. Y'all know it, bro. He is not here. Somebody else. He wrote this letter to Biden, but we all know someone else is responsible. Okay. <laughs> in the 13 months since the first bus of asylum seekers arrived in Illinois from the border, our state has undertaken an unprecedented humanitarian response to the arrival of over now of now over 15,000 people. Governors and mails from borders, border states have shipped people to our state like cargo in a dehumanizing attempt to score political points. The people of Illinois are kind and generous. We believe in the fundamental right, very human, especially those facing persecution to fight, to find, excuse me, refuge and live with dignity in this great country of ours. But as our numbers of being transported are accelerating, being transported to Chicago are accelerating, the humanitarian crisis is overwhelming. Our ability to provide aid to the refugee population. Unfortunately, the... Unfortunately, the welcome and aid Illinois has been providing to these asylum seekers has not been matched with support by the federal government. Most critically, the federal government's lack of intervention and coordination at the border has created an untenable situation for Illinois. On top of the 15,000 that have arrived in Chicago and Illinois over 13 months, we are now seeing busloads of more migrants at increasingly higher rates being sent specifically to Chicago each day. Y'all picking on us? That's, that's what he said. Is y'all picking on us? <laughs> Our state government has been forced to dedicate over $330 million to provide humanitarian aid. And that amount is increasing each day. That's a massive amount of money for a state still overcoming the health and economic effects of COVID-19. Are you here, Mr. Biden? Kamala! Add to that the over $100 million the city of Chicago contributed. Where did we find that? Hmm, pray tell, pray tell, Brandon. Though we have found temporary housing in existing buildings for a majority of the refugees, that is very loose language. Temporary housing, existing buildings. Ooh, these words, they're so misleading. <laughs> we are challenged to find additional housing, like tents, tents. That's what y'all calling this? This is tents, bro. Okay. Uh, we are challenged to find additional housing for the continuous flow of people who keep coming and are now forced to sleep in police stations and on sidewalks. Oh, so now y'all acknowledging the people on the floor in the police stations and on the sidewalk. Okay. This situation is untenable and requires your immediate help beyond the coming work authorizations for some of the asylum seekers. There is much more that can and must be done on a federal level, must, must, to address a national, national humanitarian crisis that is being currently 
shoulder by state, local governments without support. How many times I got to tell you where you at? Kamala, come out and play. First and foremost, I recommend that ski we. That's what it yeah, That's what y'all y'all got ski we out. Ski we out of the closet. Where she at? Um, <laughs> first and foremost. I recommend that there be one person in the federal government who works directly for you in the White House who can lead oversight of our nation's efforts at the border. Right now, we have too many different people. Do me, I'm sorry. Too many different federal department contacts. Nobody answering the phone. That's what he's saying. Pick up the phone, Biden. I know you're home, Biden, who are uncoordinated with each other. That handle... Various programs related to this humanitarian crisis. Y'all ain't got y'all shit together yet. A single office with an unidentified leader must be assigned to work for the cities and states across the silos of government to manage the challenges we all face. I can't be on the phone with 50 left niggas about 50 left niggas. It makes sense, don't it, JB? What is wrong with Biden? Whew. All right, so it goes on. There's more pages. Let's see if I can just kind of... For my state, which has been targeted with a busload of asylum seekers by the border politicians seeking to increase partisan divide. Okay, back to the politics I see, of course. This crisis has strained the already stretched excuse me, human services network. We have attempted to rebuild in our recovery from the pandemic. It's just one state in our union. We cannot lead coordination efforts at the border. It is time for the federal government to take much more active role in managing the transport and destination of our transport of asylum seekers. Our nation is largely resourceful. Y'all did that trail of tears. It was a lot smoother. <laughs> when y'all when y'all wanted to manifest destiny, y'all was ready to go. When y'all wanted the Fugitive Slave Act, y'all was ready to go. <laughs> somewhat, somewhat. They were somewhat ready to go. But all I'm saying is if you want to do something on a national level, you know how to do it. So why are you playing with this? Huh? Why are you playing? Um, we are a nation. I'm sorry. Allowing just one state to lay the burden upon a certain few states run by Democrats is untenable. If he got to say untenable to you one more damn time, we are a nation that has welcomed immigrants and refugees since our founding. Um, you might want to fact check that one, Pritzker. And we have done so in a bipartisan manner. I disagree, but okay, let's move on. Um, it cannot be that just a few cities and states would now bear the cost of this effort alone. Below is a list of specific requests to address this crisis without further delay. These actions include waive fees for TPS applications. I don't know what that is. TPS. What's TPS? Somebody tell me. I'm grateful uh, that you've listened to some of the requests other governors and I have made over these many months. As you know, I remain deeply concerned that the high cost of applying for TPS is yet another obstacle for the population we have in Illinois. I urge you once again to waive those fees for those who cannot afford them just and just want to be able to work and build a better life. Okay, so I guess that's a temporary uh, provisional social or something. Let's look it up. TPS application. That's third-person shooter, bitch. That is not. <laughs> that is not what I am looking for. Let's see. Real quick. 
temporary protective status protective status okay so tps application temporary protect so i guess that is the temporary okay so I, that sounds like that's like the intermediary between you getting like asylum and working like the next step after getting asylum so you go work that's what it sounds like temporary here we go temporary protective status Department of Homeland Security is extending the re-registration periods for the temporary protected status designations of El Salvador, Haiti, Honduras, Nepal, Nicaragua, and so on. The 18-month re-registration period of TPS designation of... Okay, so this is just them, their deadlines to re-register for TPS. Man, this looks like a mess. All right, where am I? I will extend the designations... It, I just wanted a simple definition of what this meant, but it's not telling me. So processes for Venezuelans. Let's see if it'll tell me here. Um, these are the things I should have looked up before I got on here, y'all. But it just be happening, you know. Um, so the U.S. government may grant advance travel to 30,000 non-citizens each month to seek parole on a case-by-case -case basis under the processes for Cubans, Cubans, Haitians, Nicaraguans, and Venezuelans. Due to high interest in these processes, we are updating the review process effective May 17, 2023. Under the new review process, we will randomly select about half of the monthly total of forms uh, I-134A online request to be a supporter or a declaration of financial support regardless of the filing date from the entire pending workload to review. We will review the other half of the monthly forms based on when the case was submitted, first in, first out method, which prioritizes the oldest forms for review. This is intended to maintain a meaningful and equitable opportunity for all beneficiaries to move forward through the process and seek advanced travel authorization. So yeah, it's not really telling me much except they're supposed to have somebody already here that's supporting them go through clear robust security vetting meet other eligibility criteria warrant a favorable exercise of discretion um participating in the process must okay so we already did that so yeah they're supposed to have someone in the u.s who agrees to provide them with financial support for the duration of their parole in the u.s so what are they putting down brandon johnson i mean <laughs> <laughs> they writing Brandon Johnson on there. They writing Joe Biden on there. Who who is the who the sponsor? Who the sponsor? Y'all, I just want to understand what this really what is happening. Okay, that's all. That's all I want to know. So you know, I'll look into that a little bit more. So we'll save that. But yes. So um, mm -mm, I don't want that. All right. So waive the fees for the TPS applications. Significant increases in logistical coordination and data collection. Provide financial supports to state, local governments, and NGOs for temporary housing, food, and social services. Further accelerate the timeline for employment authorizations. While Illinois was many of the among the many states thrilled to learn of the administration's new TPS rule for Venezuelans, it is our understanding that a large population of these new TPS eligible individuals individuals will potentially wait upwards of six months to have their work authorizations processed and confirmed. We ask that the White House and the administration continue to look for ways to cut the red tape and speed up the work authorization processes by all means necessary, including instituting a mass blanket fee waiver. Approve Illinois residents for Medicaid waivers, housing vouchers, and federal coordination and support. Illinois requests have been largely ignored. 
by the Department of U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Health and Human Services as we continue to see wave after wave of asylum seekers. This is an untenable situation that has been exacerbated by a lack of federal action. Kamala, where are you? Forcing our state to bear an outsized burden and harming the people who fled to this nation in hopes of finding safety. Uh, they are getting bamboozled thinking they coming over here and it's going to be worth the trip. Okay. Now, I mean, it might have been worth the trip, but these folks over here are so disorganized. As you can see, if the governor, governor got to keep telling this man about an untenable situation, he already knew about. All right. Today, Illinois stands mostly unsupported against this enormous strain on our state resources. And he is not. I mean, he is understating it because, baby, it is enormous. Mr. President, I urge you, Secretary Mayorkas and the rest of your administration to take swift action and intervene on our behalf and on behalf of the other affected states in their residence, as well as on behalf of the tens of thousands of asylum seekers who undertook a dangerous and difficult journey in hopes of attaining public safety and forging a better life for themselves and their families. Sincerely, go. Governor J.B. Pritzker. So um, let me make sure I download this son of a gun. Pero I don't want to sign in. Ay, por favor. Child, this thing is... Trying to throw me for a loop. Anyway, I just want to. I just want to download a file. Like, why I got to sign into some stuff? There we go. Is that right? Did you, did you do it? Did you do it? Okay. All right. I need. I just needed that on my documents. All right. So yeah. So I mean, it's pretty clear that biden uh is i don't know what is he doing he just he just taking his sweet old time taking his precious time all right so let's get into this i'm not going to show the video um but i will play some of the audio from this um okay hold on hold on hold on hold on so you're just gonna keep doing whatever all right, let's do this. Okay, they have disrespected us, our community. They're going to tell us and just shove it down our throats, and we're supposed to like it. Yeah, you are. Hold on, y'all. Hold on. I can't, I can't get my shit together here. So hold on one second. There we go. All right. I can say what I want to say because I take nothing from them. I don't need nothing from them. Okay? They have disrespected us, our community. They're going to tell us and just shove it down our throats. And we're supposed to like it. Yeah, you all are sitting there. And another thing, they do not have a plan. And so many migrants come in, they say, let's take this. Let's, let's take that. Now, you see a viable park here that's functioning well in a nice area. Say this was a bad area, they wouldn't be here. Okay? Another thing I want you to understand how we support this park. This park needed air conditioners. You think we went to the park this week? No, because we don't need them. We bought them. Supplied this old park. They needed a stove and a refrigerator. 
We support. We did it. The Laboratory Council. They needed a microwave. We give Christmas parties. And I don't ask these politicians for a dime. And this place is packed. See, they don't like people like me. Because I'm not taking their crap. And, all the, and, and Brandon Johnson and, and, Mayor, and Alderman Terry Farrell, they wear this hat. And it's there. And all this crap about it, I just got a notice of that. Well, if they don't give you that much respect as Alderman, you don't need to be Alderman. <laughs> okay? He ain't that, though. <laughs> so, so, don't drink, don't drink the Kool-Aid. There are the ample places in this city that the migrants can up the health issue, the shots that they haven't had. They're going to set this city back a long ways with this crap that they're doing. Just throwing people in. They don't give a sh In New York, half the hospitals are full with migrants. They can't get away to... Now, 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 I don't mind. I don't mind. And we're not anti-migrants. But it shouldn't be on our backs. All right, this is our park. Mr. Glover, thank you so and much I, for your and, and, and I want to say something to you all of you all. And when you leave here... Stop depending on the politicians and stop voting for the same people getting the same results. Yo, he sent it up. He sent it up. Absolutely sent it up. Okay. So um, later during that meeting, um, a representative for, um, I think her name was Ponce de Leon something. She, she ended up talking and Beatriz Ponce de Leon, the deputy mayor for immigrant, migrant, and refugee rights. Um, let me see if I can pull that up. <laughs> she should have just kept her mouth shut because she just basically just, she just went in there just to exacerbate the situation. Like, girl, I don't know who who put you in charge, but you need some training, girl. You need to get your, your people skills together because you was not supposed to go in here like this on your high horse with this attitude and say just some really condescending stuff. You know, the tone was just so condescending. But uh, let's see if I captured it. So, and this is the most replayed part of the clip. Let me see. Ponce de Leon. Who is she? She said, who is she? Okay, here we go. If you could please introduce yourself. I don't know if I... All right, here we go. So this is... Here it is. I'm glad you I want to share... I, first of all, I want to say thank you for coming here. No, and every don't time thank us. We could have been doing something else. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I... I want to make sure I understood your question. You're asking where she, will people go right. when they're here. Her whole right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that. Her okay. whole attitude was shitty, bro. Okay. Like, what are you doing? You Guys, can like, we give her an opportunity to answer Miss Matthews' question, please? Okay. You want everyone to be so completely people, silent the, before the you finish talking? Girl, grow up. Are human beings just like you? We didn't. We know that. We Hold know on, that. did y'all hear we that? Not us against them. We don't need you to tell us that. No, we don't need you. We don't need you to tell us that. It is not us against. Look at her face. She's sick, bro. So people, the, the people that we're talking about are human beings just like you. We, didn't, we know that. We know that. <laughs> it is not us against them. We don't need you to tell us the that. The people you're talking about are human no, beings just to, like you we and I. We don't need you to tell us bro, that. She, we, it's not us against them. And that's the problem. We don't care for 
she is she was unhinged she was unhinged for that so a few minutes of the crowd yelling at her and she never got to finish i don't think they cut the clip i don't know if it just went so bad that they just had to cut that out completely or like did she just give up and leave i don't know but um miss ponce de leon i need you to go and meditate somewhere and like get that demon about you and then try to come back to the table because honey your attitude is trash all right um so <laughs> Yeah, they let her know though. She was looking crazy. Like she really wanted the smoke. Like she just came in there to just get ate. Like, okay, I'm gonna watch this, y'all. Watch me get ate up by these people. Um, but yeah, so that was that was uh pretty um insightful. This was a community meeting from Adminson Park in the Austin neighborhood, which I believe is where Mayor Brandon Johnson is from. So a lot of the people called out the fact that he didn't even come to sit down with them. Um, that he sent, you know, his alderman who he claimed he didn't know about any of this till the last minute and there was no input, you know, requested from him or the community. It was just kind of like, this is what's going to happen and y'all take it. So they just want to close their park down and just house migrants there, which a lot of folks are obviously upset about because, you know, that takes away a resource from the elderly and the children for after school programs or sport programs or things like that. Um, you know, already, you know, being, you know, burden with crime and lack of activities for the youth to do something like that is just a little insensitive don't you think y'all especially brandon johnson if that's your neighborhood oh ooh, we they they rightfully ate all the all your little uh cronies up they ate them up rightfully so um and so yeah and then so then also uh a few days after that i believe chicago got a lawsuit from the community around south shore high school um they filed a suit i'm not gonna play that video because it was a lot it was just a lot of yelling and talking but it was it was good though so y'all pull that one up but basically um they you know they said look this high school has an Olympic sized pool in it. It's, you know, it was shut down to make room for this other school, you know, for the new building. And then like y'all were told y'all couldn't use it for X, Y, Z. But then now that y'all need to house the migrants, suddenly, you know, it, there's no issue with using this building. And it's like, nah, y'all gonna have to tell us why we couldn't use the building. What y'all doing with all this money that y'all spent on the migrants? We want a full audit. And we need y'all to open up this um, this building for our own children and find another place for the migrants and come up with a better plan for them, something humanitarian, like not them just sleeping in places that are not coded for residents. And I think that definitely has a little bit of teeth, you know, as far as legally um, having these people live in places that are not homes or not fitted for human, um, you know, uh, inhabited you know, are uninhabitable, uh, in a sense, especially if you're talking about old school, like shit, you know, they got, is mice running through there. It's all types of stuff going on, you know, and then, uh, you know, vandalism and God knows what else could go on. So I, yeah, it's like, you know, these places are zoned how they're zoned for a reason. So when we talk about real estate zoning, there are reasons for that. And the aldermen are the ones who are supposed to be giving the authority for that. But if the mayor is just coming in on his high horse going, hey, yo, do this, do that. And he ain't even getting no type of feedback from anybody who on the ground. That is a little problematic. So I, I'm, you know, I'm very disappointed so far in Mayor Johnson's performance in this situation. Um, Prisker's, you know, he trying to get a little loud about it. But, you know, I think everybody has been very lackluster. OK, all y'all just very lackluster performance. And Kamala, I don't know where you are, but you need to, 
You need to show up, girl. We need you. We need you to answer about this border that you were so excited to be, you know, the the overseer of. But it, clearly, uh, it's it's not what you you know. It's not it, it, you, you're not up to task, honey. And I, none of these people are obviously. So it's like you know. I know it's a hard situation, but y'all got to be. Y'all can't keep doing the same old politics and thinking it's gonna get y'all a different result. This stuff has just been y'all kicking the can down the road you know, for years. So at this point, somebody got to just, you know, man up and figure out what can actually be done in a human, in a humane way, um, or draw a hard line. Like you're going to have to do something. Cause you can't say, yeah, you could come open the borders, blah, blah, blah. And here's the process when the process is all falling apart. Okay. Um, all right. So that's pretty much it. I have some other stuff here, um, that I'll get into another time definitely uh save that for another time oh my goodness but yes um so i hope that y'all are you know taking a deep breath and like i said i um i do believe there's a way to use the situation to the black community's benefit especially when they're opening properties and and resources up to other people in your neighborhood, but they didn't have these things for you, then you should be jumping on that same. If, if, if it's available for them, then it should be available for you. And so all you got to do is, is, you know, discrimination. I mean, that's easily like discrimination. Like how you discriminating on the people that live here? That's crazy. Like don't do us. So I, you know, I hope that that lawsuit, um, gets traction and keeps, uh, you know, um, we keep updated on that and it keeps this momentum and that other cities are able to follow suit, no pun intended, um, and make those, uh, yeah. And just make those claims, um, to get the resources out the federal government and the city, um, you know, the local and state governments that they're due because you can't, you know, you have, that's what, that's what y'all do census, you know, the census is for. That's what all of this accounting of who is where is, is all for the fact that you know that there's an allotment of resources and privileges and powers and things like that that need to be accounted for. So, you know, you got all these people here. Then where are the resources to follow? Who is in charge of that? So y'all need to get it together. I mean, these are the governments need to be governing. And y'all, this is your time to shine. Y'all drop the ball with COVID. And here y'all go again. So, and then we'll be back around to that because now I've just seen the COVID cases going up here and there. So, you know, I need y'all to, I need y'all to, come on, guys. Come on, guys. Get it. It's like, you know, get out there. Get in front of it a little bit. A little bit. You can do it. You can do it. But yeah, let's, let's keep looking at the law and looking at the history of everything and looking at these, um, you know, you got a black folk in Chicago. We got to play the politics. And we, I feel like I'm just that these last, you know, meetings and things in re relation to this incident have definitely been a, on the positive side, have highlighted, um, that there is a strong group of activists, uh, in our communities. Um, and that there are people who do take pride in their communities and people who do have a, um, you know, uh, uh, emotional intelligence to be able to navigate the legal nuances of everything that's going on without, 
you know, bulldozing any population in the process. Um, so I, I am very hopeful of, you know, seeing some of the young ladies and some of the men, uh, you know, who, uh, of all ages, men and women of our neighborhood and, um, our heritage, uh, taken on, um, you know, the, the fight to keep government accountable and to keep our communities safe and, um, you know, a, a, a just habitable, you know, just like, honestly, like we're not even asking for much. We asking for the bare minimum and it's like, God, come on guys. So yeah. Um, you know, we've always been at the bottom and, uh, you know, in Illinois, in the U S as black folk and Chicago. And, um, but we don't have to keep doing that. And I do see this as a moment where we can turn those tides, but people just have to be smart about it and not um, get so caught up in emotion that they don't see the the um, the best the best um, outcome uh, for the situation and the best pathway to take to get to those outcomes. Um, but uh, the the violence. Oh, and I meant to mention it too. So there was a shooting, a drive by on Seventy First Street. I believe it was at like one of the police stations. So like Seventy First and State or something. Uh, someone was shooting at some migrants. And a woman that was holding a baby got shot. And then, like, a cop. Oh, my God. Like, hold on. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Uh, migrants shot Chicago. Child. Yeah. All right. Hopefully, I don't have to pay for this article. So, yeah. And we'll leave on this note because I totally forgot about it. All right. So, donate a thing right now leave me alone all right judge horribly disturbed by charges that man opened fire on migrants at police station including a woman holding her young son yerlani romero 28 told a television station she was holding her young son in her arms when the shots rang out last weekend at the grand crossing police district police station uh so that is the police station on 71st in cottage grove uh, 70th and Cottage Grove. A judge said Friday, and as you can see, they're in tents outside the police station. This is literally like all the span of the block around the police station. Um, Anthony Evans, 25, then led, oh, skip the whole paragraph. Okay, here we go. <laughs> and just said Friday, he was horribly disturbed by accusations that a man opened fire at a group of migrants outside a South side police station, wounding a man from Colombia and a Venezuelan woman holding her child. Anthony Evans, 25, then led police on a high speed chase that ended in a crash with serious injuries to an officer who that may require amputation. Oh! According to prosecutors, Judge Joseph Gump ordered Evans held in jail while awaiting trial. Oh, held in jail, ordered held in jail. Remember y'all were so worried about the, oh, no cash mail. They're just going to be letting everybody walk free. Okay. While awaiting trial on counts of aggravated battery with a firearm, aggravated driving under the influence and unlawful use of a weapon. And I don't want to hear anybody talking shit. I literally overheard a man in a store the other day, like fear mongering, like, yeah. And ever since Illinois got rid of the bail, all of these criminals just walking around free. They don't even arrest them no more. Okay. Like, can you stop? Um, prosecutors did not say what prompted Evans to open fire into a crowd of migrants last Saturday. 
So he just, nobody knows. He's just crazy. Okay. Um, one of the wounded, Yerlani Romero, 28, told his television, okay, I read that, was holding her son when the shots rang out and she was shot. And then the 24-year-old man was also uh, wounded. Prosecutors said both victims have been living at or outside the police station, which has served at or outside because they be locking them out, right? Which has served as a temporary shelter for the hundreds of migrants brought to Chicago in the past year if they seek asylum in the United States. Around 2 p.m. on the day of the shooting, Evans picked up three friends in his 2008 Jeep Grand Cherokee to get food before stopping at a liquor store. Uh-oh. The, the evils of Lucy all around us, okay? <laughs> the OE or something did it, huh? <clears throat> Witnesses in the car said Evans had been drinking earlier in the day and continued to drink from a tequila bottle as they drove around. Prosecutor said, so he blaming it on the alcohol, y'all. Y'all get y'all fucking kids, bro. This nigga's 25. That nigga, his brain's supposed to be fully developed at this point. So now who fault is it, okay? Who the fuck let this nigga go outside, okay? He drinking all day and sat. So now he said, fuck it, let's shoot at some migrants. So about an hour and a half later, Evans allegedly drove past the front of the station where a crowd of migrants had been gathered by volunteers to discuss plans to potentially relocate them. Uh, a witness inside the Jeep said she saw Evans open fire. Inside the Jeep said she saw Evans open fire with a tan handgun and saw shell casings eject from the weapon as he fired at the group. So... The, whoever was in the car with him then snitched on him so y'all just in the car with a crazy ass dude and don't know what the fuck he finna do clearly Evan sped away disregarding traffic signals as he tried to evade pursuing officers prosecutors said so he think he in Grand Theft Auto as a police vehicle headed towards him in the opposite lanes of traffic Evans allegedly crossed the center line and collided with the squad car in the 5400 block of South State Street child his three passengers were able to get out of the Jeep and were taken into custody, but later released without charges. Evans had lost consciousness in the crash and had to be removed as the Jeep began smoldering. God dang. A tan Glock 9mm handgun was recovered from the floor of the Jeep in the front of the driver's seat. The... Gun was modified with a switch that allowed it to fire automatically. Y'all need switches. A second gun recovered by officers belonged to one of Evans' passengers who had a valid firearm um, owner card, ID card, and a concealed carry per permit. It was not used in a shooting, prosecute, ugh, prosecutors said. Whew, I'm just... Ugh. And y'all see that in Chicago, handguns easily turn into high-capacity machine guns, grow, fuel growing violence. I've been seeing so many um, reports about that. Anyway, Evans' hands allegedly tested positive for gunshot residue. One of the officers in the squad car suffered broken bones and had lost six pints of blood. Oh, my God. By the time he was free from the wreckage and, wreckage and brought to the hospital, prosecutors said. Prosecutors said it was unclear if injuries to his leg would require amputation. Other officers suffered concussions and fractured bones. Evans worked full-time as an HVAC technician. Oh my God, he got a real job and he out here doing this? Oh, come on. And part-time for Amazon. It supports three children. Defense attorney David Geiger told the judge, where his baby mama at? Let her tell that part, okay? Let baby mama tell us about the three children. 
Let baby mama come out, okay? Let's see where baby mama live at, then we'll say, okay? Let's see where the three children live at, then we'll say. Okay, let me get up. Let me leave. Let me leave. Let me leave him alone. He got enough problems that he did. Them three children probably don't even want nothing to do with this motherfucker after this. Defense attorney David Geiger told the judge, Evans also suffered serious injuries in a crash and will likely require physical therapy, as he should. Geiger said in asking that his client be released on electronic monitoring. I hope not. Gump approved um, prosecutor's petition to detain Evans and set his next court date for October 26th. Child, like... I just don't know. Like, it's no way. All right, and so we're going to leave on this. City seeks donations, ideas, and, and to provide for migrants um, as the temperatures drop. Y'all know they the where they come from, the, the weather, like the average temperature is like in the 70s or something like that. So they're not used to no extreme heat or no extreme cold. Um, city officials are asking residents to step up donations of badly needed coats, boots, sweaters, socks, and other warm clothes. The 17,000 plus asylum seekers in the county, most coming from Venezuela, prepared to weather their first Chicago winter. Besides those bare necessities, the city is also seeking more ideas on where to house the burgeoning migrant population, which grows by busloads daily. Courtesy of Texas Governor Greg Abbott and other Republican leaders aiming to stretch the resources of Democratic-led sanctuary cities like Chicago. Christina Pasion... Pa Bacione, I don't know, Zayas. Mayor Brandon Johnson's deep deputy chief of staff pointed residents on Thursday to cityofchicago.org forward slash support to pitch in on both fronts. As overnight weekend temperatures are expected to dip into the 40s. Given the fact that we have a change of seasons, we want to make sure that we have donations that are adequate for that with the winter coming, Bacion Zayas said during a virtual briefing with reporters, the city webpage names organizations accepting donations, including the Chicago Furniture Bank, Instituto de Progreso Latino, and Cradles to Crayons Chicago. The latter two groups have Amazon wish lists with hundreds of items new arrivals need, from shampoo and diapers to winter hats and scarves. The webpage also has a form for residents to suggest buildings that could become shelters as the city now opens a new one about every eight days, according to Pachion Zayas. The only major pro I'd love to feel, find out where that is going on. The only major parameters for potential shelters, they must hold at least 200 people, can't require major repairs, and should have access to showers or the ability to support a shower trailer. It's an economy for of scale for us, Bachon Zayas said. I'm so sorry if I'm butchering this lady's name. Um, more than 17,000 migrants have been sent to Chicago since last summer. The number that figures to balloon as he sends more Boats, Abbott sends busloads from the southern border around the clock, ignoring the city's 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. curfew. Um, we have anywhere between 23 to 25 buses that we would expect to be coming on a 24-7 cycle. Uh, later adding that the city still doesn't have locations or a timeline nailed down yet for Johnson's plan to erect massive base camps for the arrivals. 
We're hoping that we'll be able to put some stakes into the ground, but we've got to do our due diligence, not only on the location, but on the way that it's going to be staffed and how we're going to have some oversight. She said, acknowledging the tight timeline with frigid temperatures just around the corner. Our whole crew that is on the ground receiving people have grave concern about that. You have people coming off the bus with wet shoes, which means they're literally crossed the Rio Grande before they got on the bus. I'm thinking about that in the context of our winner, she said, for donations of clothing and supplies. The city is seeking new items only. Okay. So y'all gonna turn down used. I I was just thinking about some some used um hunt, hunter boots I got, but okay. <laughs> you know, like okay. Good luck with that. I, not y'all. Like really, I can see you know obviously like underwear and toiletries and shit like that, but. Y'all not going to take no used coats? Y'all not going to take no you? I guess. I guess they're like, what? What? Bed bugs? I don't know. What? Cooties? Y'all scared of cooties? I don't... What's going on, y'all? Because I don't... Okay, I'm going to just... I'm, it's like the beggars can't be choosy. What, the heck, what happened to that? I, if I got some luxury winter wear, okay? Right. Right. Like y'all can't take my y'all can't take my used North Face like what? Okay, mm, it was good enough for me last winter, but it ain't good enough for you this one. Okay, I don't know city of Chicago. Y'all might have to uh, re rework that because y'all tweaking. Anyway, here are other ways to help donate to Park Community Church and Refugee Community Connection Free Store. The store called Nuevos Vecinos or New Neighbors helps to clothe recently arrived immigrants. According to the group's website, it helps clothe 100 to 200 asylum seekers every week. Donate items to Erie Neighborhood House. This social services nonprofit is seeking donations of clothing and hygiene products. All items must be new and can be dropped off at one of the three Erie House um, locations. And 1347 West Erie, 1701 West Superior, 4225. West 25th Street. <laughs> the full list of items needed can be found at eeriehouse.org. Y'all, anyway. So, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, so, you know, I, if they don't want my usual shit, I'll just take it to the church like I usually do. Goodwill, like I usually do. Um, Catholic charities, like I usually do. Like, I, I shop thrift all the time. Like the used coat ain't good enough for y'all. And this ain't even twice used. I'm giving y'all a coat I bought new that I don't even hardly wear. And but it's warm. You know what I'm saying? But okay, y'all want new items. What y'all gonna be like? What if it's a coat and it look new? You gonna look for the tag and be like, ain't no tag on here. We can't take it. That's what y'all gonna say. Okay, anyway, I'm done. I'm gonna get off y'all city of Chicago. Whatever. Whatever, whatever works for y'all city of Chicago with my tax dollars. With my red light camera dollars. All right. So that's it, y'all. <laughs> uh, I hope y'all are coming up with solutions. Y'all took some of that in and y'all um, are st stay safe and stay warm and, you know, do what you can for your, you know, yourself and love on yourself and those nearby you. And if you have things to give and, and ways to give to others, then go ahead and do that. But if, if all you can do is pour into yourself and say a little prayer for somebody else, just do that. Do no harm. And you know, don't you know, no good. All right. <laughs> Thanks for joining me. Talk to y'all next time. Peace.